DJ and PK brought to you in part by Ute Conference Football, introducing their new fall flag football league for boys and girls from ages 5 to 7. Learn to play and love the game. Have a great experience. Come play flag football. Sign up today at UteConferenceFootball.org. DJ and PK, we're broadcasting live. We are at BYU Football Media Day, and we are joined now by the assistant head coach and special teams coordinator, Ed Lamb. Ed, good morning. Good morning. Thanks, guys. Great to be here with you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming in early and being the first guy right out of the shoot. Yeah, absolutely, it. yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I was fascinated, many of us were, when you got hired, you'd been at SUU, and you'd put guys in the NFL. How in the world... Did the NFL come knocking on doors in Cedar City? Because there was not one, not two, but three players that they were really interested in. And so you you spelled it all out for us. You you find guys that got the measurables. You develop the skill. You put weight on them. Maybe they go on a mission. Maybe they redshirt. Maybe they do both. So now that can't really pay off year one. But now we're going into year four here. Who's it paying off with? Where are you starting to see a guy developing who you've really invested in? And, and, and there's finally people going to show up at the stadium and they're going to go, ha, that, that is what Ed Lamb was talking about, that guy. Yeah. Well, uh, back channels, we do kind of get, start to get a heads up. The scouts are in communication with us. And, and, you know, to some extent, the position coaches in the NFL as well, we know, we've worked with before. And so we're starting to hear uh, you know, a, lot of, a lot of interest in Chris Wilcox. And, you know, he – you know, the other part of that philosophy of, of taking guys with measurables and kind of teaching them to play the game that we think it should be the way it should be played is we force him into action and we force Chris into action as a true freshman. And, he, you know, he wasn't ready. And, and now he's got the maturity to know I wasn't ready, but it's preparing me for, for what I am now. So he's he's one of those guys that's really, I think, developed and is on the radar. Other guys that, uh, you know, uh, Isaiah Kalfusi, is uh, a, a guy that really he's coming into his own. It's his length, it's his speed that's really allowed him to do that. I think there will be a lot of interest in him. Zane Anderson will be, I think, one of the top linebackers in the country, especially when they start testing his speed and looking back at his high school track times. That's more. Zane was already here, recruited by the previous staff, but it's the same thing. His measurables really pointed toward more of a linebacker fit. And so just, just defensively, those are some of the guys that I think are, are really starting to get there. Maybe maybe another one recruited by the previous staff as well is, is Devin Kafusi, who was not a an amazing high school football player, but he's an amazing college football player, and we expect him to have a big breakout this year. Now, I was going to talk about the linebackers in specific, because that's your, you've got a lot of responsibility, but that's your specific position group. And we've seen, you don't have to go back very far you got a Van Noy, you got Fred Warner, you got Taki Taki last year who was making all the tackles in the bowl game and all three of those guys drafted playing in the NFL. So BYU has developed themselves, in my mind, a reputation of putting linebackers into the NFL. And you just named a couple. We saw Isaiah, and when he went out in the Utah game, that was a difference maker. Uh, Zane Anderson was injured. He did play well in the Arizona game. Uh, played very well, and then he got hurt. I forget what he got hurt at uh, uh, what point, but I know he got injured. He got the year back, as I understand, right? Yes. So you're looking at him, and then you got a highly touted rec- recruit uh, coming back off a mission in, in Ayu, right? He was uh, That's right. on yes. his mission. He's coming back. That's right. So it looks like, and it gets you to address it, that that collective position at linebacker is stocked pretty well. It it is. I love the guys that we have at the position. I love the to use the word again and the idea of the measurables of of the guys we have. Now they're really young, 
and um, and so everything's got to be proven on the field, and um, it, it'll be an interesting fall camp because I think I, I know that there's enough competition that the cream will rise to the top, but uh, we've deliberately held off on setting any type of penciled-in depth chart at this point and let the boys just play it out throughout the fall and really uh, throughout the season. You mentioned Zane. When Zane went down, it was actually at, toward the end of the Wisconsin game. That's what it was. And he set out uh, – and then he then he sat out a couple of games, and then uh, and it really hurt us against the University of Washington. And then he tried to come back against Utah State, but he just wasn't ready. And at that point, we decided to uh, try to get a redshirt year for him. So people come up to us all the time and want to know how many games each school is going to win, which means, of course, we're supposed to know you guys forward and backwards. Good luck with that. But then we have to know the opponents forward and backwards as well. And I know in the offseason, a lot of staffs typically will start preparing for the first three opponents, do some homework, get ahead on that. Three or first four games are against the Pac-12. We have some knowledge of them. Tennessee's coming off a five and seven year. They were two and six in the SEC. You need all these linebackers. You and PK are talking about. It's the SEC. Even if you're not good, you probably got athletes. That's right. What is the deal with Tennessee? Have you gotten ahead on them? And, and can you tell your fans anything about them? Yeah, um, they're going through a little bit of a transition on offense. I think they're going through somewhat of a transition as a as a football program. They kind of haven't found their footing with some coaching changes. Uh, you know, recently over over the last maybe six seven years. And, uh, you know, it looks like that they will be um, an offense that's, that's kind of like what the SEC's going to right now, kind of uh, multiple, but certainly the ability to, to push the ball down the field, open it up, use their athletes. It looks like they're, they're, um, they're probably their strength is their skill players, and, and they've got some, some guys that need to step up at the line of scrimmage, which is, you know, we feel like a good matchup for us because – you know, in, in BYU's history, a lot of a lot of attention on the passing game, but even even when that passing game was rolling um, and gathering all the attention, it was still the physicality of BYU, the the defensive line, the offensive line, the linebackers that really you know, punished the other teams and and uh, led us to a lot of victories. We're hearing now recruiting is an interesting animal. You know, back when I started into business. You, you you hunted down to find out who was going to be recruited and were they going to accept, and now you just open your phone and it's all splattered all over. So, you know, a kid commits and everybody and their dog knows about it in a second. And it seems like uh, here recently, just in these last couple of days, I know you can't speak on individual names on that, Not certainly not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to speak in general as far as the progression of recruiting uh, to where – you were when you first got here at BYU and now you, you just got like three or four commits in the last couple of days is the progress, not, not necessarily the progress, but is the recruiting, the time frame, is it moved up to, to, to have as many commitments as you have now? Is that unusual compared to recent seasons? I think some of the commitments have been a little, little surprising to me. I think BYU's always been able to get, if, if they sought one, a commitment, an early commitment from a LDS kid that grew up a BYU fan. But, uh, but we've been getting some from, from non-LDS guys that have other options. And uh, credit with, you know, the, uh, we've got some youthful enthusiasm on the staff and guys yeah. that have been other parts of the country and feel like they have connections there and can, and can convince these guys that BYU is a special place maybe that they hadn't considered before. And I, and I can see that now uh, coming to fruition. Really, there's, there's other positions, that, you know, kind of like I mentioned, the O-line, D-line, linebackers, fullbacks, tight ends. There are a ton of those guys right here in, in Utah, Idaho, Mormon culture, some, somewhat down into Arizona. 
and I think I think that's probably going to stay pretty much unchanged in terms of being our home base. Right. And about the same timing it always has been. BYU used to get, and it's been a while now, they used to get a lot of good players out of Hawaii. But has Hawaii been discovered? When I see Alabama's recruiting Hawaii, at this point is everybody recruiting Hawaii, so maybe it was – kind of a secret you had an edge for a while and it changed um it is some some the the interesting thing about hawaii is not it's not very big right but it's it's really spread out right and and i'm talking about the outer islands i'm talking about the north shore of oahu as well on the north shore of oahu byu is still king when we when we go in now there's a lot of schools coming in there but you know i went to uh kahuku um, high school workout you know just in their in their weight room guys are working out and it was almost half BYU t-shirts the other half being Kahuku I mean this is a this is a community that that really cherishes BYU and so uh, Elisa Tuiaki is the main recruiter now on Oahu and as he travels around that island he can kind of get a sense for for what uh, uh, you know what BYU represents in different spots the outer islands we are really um, we've, we've got a, a niche right now that I think we're a little bit ahead of everybody else in the outer islands now that we you have to travel a lot and find the right guys but i uh, feel like that we've we're we're doing some good work in that area you're also involved in special teams obviously what are we looking at as far as place kicking this season well we've got great competition right now that the top two guys being uh, skylar southern who returns from last season and yeah. then jake oldroyd returning from a mission does Oldroyd look like he's 15 has he grown a little bit <laughs> he, he still has a young <laughs> face i'm jealous of his young face and and his full head of hair but uh now, the the thing that uh, I mean, when you put a helmet on him, it's going to be um, and and a pair of shoulder pads. He looks like a position player. I mean, he has just gotten rocked up. I don't know what kind of mission president he had, <laughs> but we ought to send him all to that fan. mission president. Yeah. Ed Lamb joined as special teams coach, assistant head coach. It's BYU football media day. Uh, as far as uh, all of the special teams. How much you? How much depth do you have that you can use depth on special teams, and how much of the starters going to be playing a lot of special teams as well? I've had I've been so lucky in the in the years that I've been special teams coordinator. Jim Jim Harbaugh was the first one to appoint me to that role, and uh, I learned on the fly with him. But his philosophy was um, the best players play on special teams, the best man for the job, and if you need a rest, take it on offense or defense. And 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 that philosophy. Uh, really it transcends through the practice plan. In other words, we're not going to spend so much time on special teams that we're trying to develop this big depth roster. We have the best players out there, and any, anyone else that's trying to win those positions, they're going to beat out starters to do that. Kalani is, is right in line with that philosophy, and I've actually heard him say in games when guys are looking tired or, man, I need a break, you know, I've been, I'm, on, I'm on punt, I'm on kickoff, I'm playing every snap of defense. He'll go over to, to Lysa uh, Tuiaki and say, hey, get this guy out on, on defense for a, a series, we've got we to go on special teams. I think one of the things, Ed, that uh, caused you to lose that Utah game was depth. You had injuries, obviously, on both sides of the ball, and you already spoke about Isaiah Kafusi and when they went down, you had running back go down. That really hurt the team, and it's impeded his its opportunity to win that game in which you led by 20. Can you address the uh, ability to improve the depth on both sides because obviously football being what it is you're going to have injuries yes I, you know there's improving the depth is like everything you'd expect uh, me to say we've got to recruit first you know the first part of that is recruiting the second part of that is forcing guys into game action maybe before they're ready but in situations that we can handle it um, you know you alluded to the Utah game I, I've for a long time considered that the toughness of the whole team 
isn't it doesn't come from the offense defensive line or, or any of those positions it's the running back and the quarterback to me the defensive guys are standing on the sideline watching the game waiting to see toughness from their quarterback and their running back and uh, when Matt Hadley went down in that game that was that was a big blow to to the psyche of the team and the timing of it and, and the way the momentum started to shift we um, you know we I, I think I think defensively we've we've been pretty solid. I think we still have the players to do that. I think the depth is better this year, especially in the defensive backfield and linebacker where, where it's kind of hurt us in, in the past. I think some of the young players are growing older. I'm so excited about the number of quality quarterbacks and running backs that we have now because that to me is where toughness comes from is when there's not one or two clear-cut running backs, but you've got a whole stable full of them, and they're all fighting for every single inch, and that to me inspires the whole team. So as the, the coaching staff, second year for the offensive guys, but the fourth year for a lot of you with Kalani, uh, as you try to build this depth, you're going to have three Pac-12 teams coming in, which the fan base is excited about. you got a trip to play an SEC team. you got three of probably three of the four best teams in the Mountain West Conference on the schedule. South Florida might be the eighth best game, and they might be loaded with talent and really good. Their last two years have been really different. Do you have the depth to handle that kind of schedule, or does the schedule have to be adjusted going forward as you continue to figure out independence? I think you just said it with the end of your question there, to figure out independence. To take full advantage of independence, our schedule has to get tougher than it is right now. We have to be nationally relevant. There's only one team right now that's thriving in independence, and that's that's Notre Dame. Now, BYU there might be a lot of teams jealous of where BYU sits, being an independent and having winning seasons stacking up most years, you know, back-to-back. But I think, you know, to be really relevant nationally, to be in the discussion or to qualify for a New Year's Six game, the national championship playoffs, that's where independence pays off. When that whole bowl check, or that, all that revenue comes back to the independent and we sign our own TV rights for, you know, for much more than we could ever get in any conference. So the, the schedules do get tougher than they are next year in the future, and I think that's exactly the direction we need to get going. So this year, obviously, you've got the dreaded Utes as the opening opponent, which means that from the day the Western Michigan game ended last year, you're allowed to focus your offer, right. your emphasis on Utah because, you know, the old one game at a time and the coaches and the players, you have to fall in line with that. And it's not game three. It literally is game one. Have you seen maybe some increased intensity in the offseason knowing under the circumstances they're in the Pac-12, they've beaten you the eight times in a row, blah, 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 and it's the first game in your stadium? That's exactly right, and, and, that's, and we're trying to balance that narrative within our team, right? There's nobody on our team or on our coaching staff that's lost eight in a row to, to the Utes, you know, but we inherit that, that right now, and, and we're stewards of the program. And so there's, there is a big pressure behind that, but we have to have our players that focus on, okay, this game is one game by itself. None of the previous games matter. And, and, and by the way, when that game's done, we've got another game after that. So, and I think right now our players are, are on a healthy, uh, they're in a healthy mindset. I, I think it's nothing short of life or death, Ed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, for the, for the guys working on it, every single week feels that way. Okay, when we get to week two, that'll be life or death, too. That's but right. Right now we're in week one. Yep. <laughs> now, she's a source, so you're probably going to no comment me on this. But you've answered a lot of questions. Ed Lamb, uh, special, teams coach, uh, special teams coordinator and assistant head coach. But what people really want to know is, who would be married to PK? What is she like? <laughs> 
and you know you have been out at schools and you have met her. You have a better idea. Do you want to lay that out for the people, or you just want to no comment us on that? No, I, I'll I'll tell the little story. PK's wife was at uh, at Corner Canyon. I was recruiting there, and and she went out of her a, a true teacher. And that's that's I, sometimes I think we're losing that in football as as more and more coaches don't come from the high school ranks, don't come from the teaching background is I think we're losing some of the educator part of what we have. And she's a true educator. She saw me. She saw my shirt. I don't know if she knew who I was from that distance, but she came hustling over and wanted to tell me about the character qualities of the players. I can't mention the name of the players right. we're recruiting, but she wanted to tell me about them. And that's, that's somebody who's looking out for their students. Okay, that's, I think, because she's married to PK, the immediate assumption is, well, is she lighting them up or is she pumping them up? <laughs> yeah. Could go either way. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I tend to choose the best. Yeah. <laughs> she, she used to teach at a junior high where the Obakaries went. And she had told me from the time they were in the seventh grade that those kids too were people you wanted to be associated with. Uh, wow, that I mean that that's insightful. The other day, my family we were driving. I can't remember where we were going, but anyway, we we're on a little bit of a, a car trip, and and the kids were kind of saying, "Dad, we never seen you cry," you know. And my wife was saying, "Well, he he did cry like one tear at our our wedding." <laughs> And I said, no, I I cried recently when when uh, Braden L. Bakery hit that guy on kickoff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was crying tears of joy. <laughs> I remember that very very well. Yeah. All right, we'll let you go. We appreciate a few minutes. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming guys. in and talking with us. Ed Lamb, assistant head coach, special teams coordinator, BYU football media day. We're here all day, all the shows on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Jeff Grimes is coming up. Stay with us.